Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oatari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who is renowned for his feces-based installation art. I am the Adam Glass, and if you need poop covered on something, I'm your guy. I mean, that's what this movie's about, right? I wasn't really paying attention. I was on my phone yeah. most of the time, so... As far as any message that you need to take away from this movie, poop can make art is... <laughs> is, is... A fine I, one. I, I, yes, I'm sure. Before we get into the movie this week, I do want to talk about our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash lostincriterion. Over there for a dollar a month, you can help keep us going and get access to a bonus episode every month. For just $1 a month, you get to vote on what we're going to watch, and you get access to all the back catalog of bonus episodes. There's like 56 over there now. It's a lot. It's just so much. Why do we do this to ourselves? I, I think about that a lot. Honestly, um, especially when we watch movies that are painful to watch. Uh, <laughs> Rarely do we watch a well, painful I mean, to watch movie not, over not, there. Oh, okay, that, but, that's true. I, I I assumed that you meant in totality, not just specifically the... the I the, see, I see. Not specifically the Patreon, yeah. just just everything. Uh, Pat, it's interesting. Uh, I know we're in the middle of the Patreon, so I don't want to get too distracted by this. But uh, by the count we have settled on... Uh-huh. This is episode 500. Wait a minute. Uh, huh? How, so, wait, what? How? What? Okay. Sure. Let's go uh, for it. I agree. <laughs> I know Spine 500 was like yeah, five episodes wait. ago. So what, I'm, what I want to know is, if we go to the the website that we now host our thing, the, the Podbean website, does it give us a numerical, like, does it, will it tell you what episode number we're on, how many we've uploaded? Are we on upload 500? Yep. Gotcha. Okay. This is upload number Great. 500. That is generally how I know that. I, um, I think this is, this, this yeah. the movie we're covering today so much more encapsulates the experience of making this podcast than what the actual Spine 500 yeah. was. It's a good choice. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, it's a good number 500. Anyway. Um, that's 500 regular episodes, but like I said, 56 bonus episodes. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash lost in criterion. That dollar level really helps. And we're so glad for everybody at that dollar level, but for folks who want to help a little bit more, keep us going. We do have a couple more tiers at $5. You can help us a little more and get thanked on air. Thank you so much to our current $5 supporters, Andrew Jarrett, Chris Otto, Eric Coronado, and Stephen Goldmeyer. Above that, we do something pretty dang special. Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we watched recently. I get that printed up on a postcard, write a little personalized thank you note once a month. And we also like to thank those people on air. Thank you so much to Jason Westaver, Nina Bojnak, Patrick Gago, Tracy McGrath, and Adam Speakerman, our current yes, $10 thank you, and above everybody. supporters. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you <laughs> Low-key want Kool-Aid to... Man. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, only 
only breaking through balsa wood. <laughs> um, if you want to check out those postcards without committing to the $10 mark, you can head over to redbubble.com and search for Lost in Criterion there. You can see past postcards on a little bit of a delay because I don't want uh, I don't want to put up new art before our uh, our supporters get their newest postcard. But also, I'm lazy, and I I think we're probably like four months Uh-oh. behind on the. Uh-oh. On the I I got to upload some stuff today. Uh I'll do that later. It'll be fine and fun. Always always fun to do the uploads. It's exciting to see what it. you will will or will not choose to make into a sticker or. Or, or, or <laughs> right, as right, we were right. talking about before, possibly a shower curtain. You can make a shower curtain. Your, your This month's art would make a perfect shower curtain. I think you had that in mind I after that conversation. You made, you made art particularly for shower curtains yeah. this month. I might have to I may, I I may have to from this day there. forward make exclusively shower curtain art. <laughs> <laughs> if you want. If you want. Um, but yeah, as Pat suggests, uh, you can get the postcards, not just as postcards. You can get them as greeting cards, as stickers, as magnets, occasionally as buttons. And uh, there's a lot of options on Redbubble. Most of them don't work for <laughs> yeah, don't make, the well, art. Let's Pat be clear. Produces. A lot of them don't work regardless of format we choose, just because right, why right, on earth right. would that's, you buy this? Also, but yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we ever need a throw pillow, <laughs> uh, but you know. <laughs> I, 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 on the other hand, if I had unlimited resources, the, the, there is a small possibility that I would order every single thing I make as a throw, fill, a throw pillow. Just like, you know, you having an should. enormous collection of throw pillows at my house of every card I've ever made. It's like, this is how yeah. I archive my yeah. art, man. Your party room, your sunken living room. Yeah. Throw all of your throw pillows just, into the pit. Uh, you can support us through the Redbubble if you want to see that art and uh, and purchase it. Uh, Always appreciate that. Definitely appreciate those who support us directly through patreon.com slash lost in criteria. Uh, but just, uh, yeah, really grateful for you listeners. Yeah, we appreciate listening. everybody. Yeah. We do. We even appreciate people who don't we, listen. We appreciate the They're people who are never going to hear how much listening. we appreciate it. There's possibly some people out there are like, oh. these motherfuckers. Ugh. Definitely appreciate it. It's the, it's the, the only listeners. thing keeping them the sane on their drive to work. It's like, well, I could murder other drivers or I could be really angry at these podcasters. The hate listers drive our download numbers. We definitely Yeah, no, yeah, we really that. appreciate you. Keep those numbers high. <laughs> hate hate listeners is how we get the uh, Manscaped uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> advertisements. <laughs> I, I, the only reason I want Manscaped advertisements is simply so that I can try to transition into Manscaped, uh, like... Uh, just like it would be like an extension oh, yeah. of the intro and the and the and the card would be making an art form of trying to transition from whatever movie we're talking about into a manscaped ad. It just it seems like it would be a lot of fun. We could just start doing them. I mean, suffice it to say, the way we would end up doing manscaped ads, manscaped would not continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Money, I mean, we'd so. only get really the one shot, probably. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, anyway. Thank you, everyone, for listening and your support. Uh, we are not going to get advertised by Manscaped, no matter how many emails Manscaped sends <laughs> yeah, we're us. We're not going to be advertising for anybody. <clears throat> Let's be clear. That's a real Let's... thing. We have gotten emails from Manscaped. We're not going to use them because we're not going to take any advertisers, I don't think, at any point. Uh, not yet, at least. Not until we're offered by some sort of sandwich shop. We got to... Yes. The moment there's Free food sandwiches. on the table, we'll probably say yes. Let's be clear here. I'll, I'll be on that. Pubes off the table, not on our watch. <laughs> food on the table, absolutely. 
<laughs> so gross. Pat, this week we are talking about Hunger, the debut film from director Steve McQueen uh, from 2008. Steve McQueen was a visual artist prior to this, uh, painting, uh, uh, sculpture, apparently. photography, a lot of photography, yeah. sculpture. Um, I'm not familiar with any of his uh, of his work. Of his, <laughs> of his non-film work. I am really fascinated. They, in some of the preview, in some of the extra materials, they showed some of his sort of installation, like, film, like, you know, like, where he was running, he was doing yeah, installation yeah, yeah. art that is that was moving picture, that was cinematography. I really think that looks pretty interesting and would like to, like, because it was only just these tiny little clips, and I'm like, come on. You could have thrown, I know they were meant for installation, and they probably wouldn't necessarily translate to just show, watching it in your in your house, but yeah, you've now. I I will never get to see that inst- installation. So like, you've tantalized me and and then tore it away from me, Criterion, you monsters. Right. No, you are right to say the 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 little bits we get of his visual art and some of the background material on this is is actually very interesting. Uh, one of his pieces was an installation piece called Deadpan, uh, which is a restaging of the uh, the Buster Keaton stunt. Um, I think from Steamboat Bill Jr., where the house falls. Oh, okay. Keaton is is in the position to for the window right. to fall around him. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, in 97, McQueen recreated that in a live art installation. I, that <laughs> sounds terrifying, <Jeez>. but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, good job on doing that without dying. Yeah, without anybody uh, dying, yeah. I mean... Obviously, a lot of people have done that, and I'm sure, I'm sure that they did it safely and not unexpectedly. It wasn't just like McQueen walks out on a stage and, a, and the <laughs> stage a, falls, the off him or falls on him. Other than some vague readings and a few hints in the uh, bonus material with it, I've not seen any of McQueen's visual art. Uh, I have seen, I believe, only one of his movies, uh, which was Twelve Years a Slave. Um, right. Uh, his his anthology series, Small Axe, I've heard a lot of good about, and I feel like I would greatly enjoy, but I have not investigated at all. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of great television, and I don't have a lot of time to consume right. things. Yeah, I mean, so, that's, that's what it always uh, comes down to, right? I mean... Yeah. Uh, if Criterion would like to put out a Small Axe box set, uh, we will I look forward to watching it, it in, in 15 years. 10 years from now, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right, is that, like, unfortunately you and I have chosen a, a, a sort of uh, an activity that essentially require you know, is enjoyable, puts us on a path to see a lot of things we wouldn't necessarily see, but also means that, like, it, it monopolizes a lot of our visual, like, time. time yeah. yeah. It's the amount of stuff we can consume. Ah. Uh, but yeah, hunger. Yeah, hunger is an interesting, interesting place for him to enter the film world as a British person of Caribbean descent, uh, making a film about the Irish, the IRA hunger strikes, uh, is an interesting choice. Period. Um, in all of his interviews, both ones we saw and ones we didn't see, uh. McQueen is adamant that this is not a political film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw those. Uh, uh, it's really like 
the way he talks about like well it's it it verges on both sidesism it, it is it is yeah. wild to to listen to an interview about this because you would be hard pressed to find a more political film than this yeah uh, and and all of the actors are on board with that they've all gotten in line about uh, you know, this is a movie that shows the human experience and the tolls on, on both part. You know, people in both camps, and yeah, it does do that. Yeah. Well, well, that's the, that's the thing, right? Like that, <laughs> you you fall into the but, thing that like, in, I, I, I don't, I don't know whether we should take him at his word or not because this may also just be the price of getting movies made. You know, where you're just like, yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna pit. Oh, off, I'm not gonna piss off absolutely. the entire. This is British government, but. <laughs> By, by claiming this is a Steve, political stance, Steve McQueen in 2008 has very good reason yeah. for framing uh-huh. this movie in the way he frames it. Uh, do not blame him at all for for making the claims he makes about this movie, <laughs> but they are so patently, obviously <laughs> well, well, false like, claims. Okay, okay, now now follow me on this. Okay, <laughs> now I agree, I completely agree. But if we're gonna play like the flip side of this, you know, um. And say like you know go full devils, uh, whatever it's called, um, devils <laughs> jurisprudence. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Uh, devils advocate. advocate I yeah, no, I, I was yeah, for. I forgot the word, and I was like, ah, fuck it, I don't care that much. This fits into this. If he were trying to make a apolitical film about this topic, this would fit into the same category as like, like trying to make an apolitical film about the Nazis like about the Holocaust or so you know what I mean like no matter what you do you're going to be show if you're being honest you're going to end up showing horrible things that very much paint one specific party uh right as worse than the other because they were because they were identifiably improvably worse so like it's it's that thing is like Uh, even if he's like air quotes being apolitical like Oh wow! Your apolitical film just happens to contain a, like a lot of one party being a bunch, uh, uh, you know, a bunch yeah. of nightmare people, and, and you know. And you said you know, you're phrasing there. If you're being honest, right, right. I mean, you could always, you could political. always not you're being, be honest. But right? if you're being, if you're being dishonest, you've made an act of political choice to be dishonest. Right, absolutely. So. <laughs> And, it's and, always and, going and to, to be, be very clear, we've the, talked about there's no such thing as a political film. I don't buy it. Uh, right, right, right. Certainly, right. no, no such thing as a political art. Choosing this topic and doing it in a way that there's obviously political choices made here. Like, but yeah. it, you know, cover your own ass, do whatever you got to do to be able to keep making movies. That's fine. You can you yeah. put out bangers like this, and you know, you can say whatever you want. Okay, like you can. Oh, it's apolitical. If you make a film like this, you know, I mean, that's fine. You know what? Say it's apolitical. I don't really care in the end. Because you still yeah. got the job done, right? I mean, in a, in really amazing form, frankly. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the, the craziest thing about this movie and about everyone involved with this movie claiming it's apolitical is that apparently the British press bought it. Because even even British press, who you would expect to be angry about a movie that even faints at uh, showing support for people like Bobby Sands, uh, praise the movie. Like, 
like there's not really a negative review of this movie in Britain. Right. Period. I wonder. I wonder uh, how. I feel like some sort of like small bit of magic had to be done to make that happen. You know what I mean? Like because you you can just like Britain comes off looking so so fucking bad for for a good reason. Yeah, because they are and were. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know how you. I don't know how. You, I think it may just be the like genuineness with which he says that he may just be a, an extremely competent <laughs> bullshitter to a certain extent because like yeah. this maybe just just to a certain extent like even when he's saying it right in the interviews on here it's he's so good at backing it up with sort of artistic arguments for why it's apolitical despite the fact that it very obviously is political that maybe it's just like wow you're just yeah. It's just grade A bullshit. You're just very good at this. Uh, and they bought it, I guess. Or maybe it's just that, like, right time, right place. Like, you can't go around saying that, like, because you can't argue that these things didn't happen. I guess you could. I mean, you certainly could. I'm sure there are people the who have. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you pull that off, honestly. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... I mean, I guess we'll find out someday so the, because presumably Amer- America has an, you know, America has plenty of skeletons in its closet that you can do this too, and I guess we'll find out if what would happen in that situation. I mean, American films just don't really I deal don't, with American skeletons that much. But. Uh, well, I mean, there is the American war films that I think Frankie Boyle has the bit about where. Where America will come and ruin your country, and then twenty years later come back, right, right, and and make a movie about how killing all of your people made Americans sad. Right, yeah, um, yes, I mean, yes, it's true. It's just what I mean is that, like, I don't know. I feel like American filmmaking doesn't tend to dig through America's skeletons very much, honestly speaking. Not, uh, not the mainstream, certainly, right. um, and other stuff only on occasion. Uh, but not I mean I will I will grant you that it is unlikely to happen in the current state of the American right. film industry. Oh yeah, period. for sure. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I I'm, I yeah. was just thinking about like you could there's I can imagine a, there are a million versions of an a sort of American version of this that I can think of that could be made and I just don't know that I've ever really seen very many of them at all. Yeah. The the both sidings in this movie, the both sidesings. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know how that how, grammar works how, out. how I should have formed that phrase. Uh, I mean, it's it's a neologism as far as I know. So um, I guess I, I can say it however yeah. I want to say it, as long as you guys understand what I'm trying to what I'm trying to do here. You can do that um, with any word. It's true. It's true. Um, the uh, the both sidesism of this movie in in. And the feints it makes to that are are pretty mild. Yeah, too, yeah. I feel so. You know the the point clearly of of the feints they make toward that are to say, and and this is certainly backed up by everything everyone says about the movie who was involved, um, is to say that the British men that we are meant to sympathize with 
in the course of this movie, and as much as we are meant to sympathize with anyone, um, any of them, rather. Um, certainly, we're supposed to sympathize with right. everybody yeah, we're on definitely, the other side. They're definitely as far as I'm concerned, I don't know. Maybe if I was British, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't automatically Maybe? assume that I should be sympathizing <laughs> yeah, I don't know. with Bobby Sands. Yeah. Maybe that's the point. But anyway, uh, our, our prison guard and our riot cop who is crying around the corner as the gauntlet happens um, are meant to be portrayed as people who uh, are caught up in a system. Right, um, and particularly the young riot cop people who I think more him uh, than than the actual security guard or the actual guard certainly more him than Lohan. Yeah, yeah. I mean the guard. Yeah. I, there's an interesting um, sort of um, extra on the thing talking about like symbolism in the movie and and different sorts of uh, I forget what it was called, but uh, talking about sort of different uh, things that the camera visual motifs. yeah the visual motifs yeah. The things the camera lingers on. And one of them, uh, a small one, is like talking about whether or not uh, Lohan is a is a, a, a royalist, and chances very very clearly is right. So debatable how much he we're what? supposed to feel sympathy, but also like a little bit not maybe too right for him. Whatever whatever ideological uh, motivation, Lohan the real person Lohan might be based off of may have. Uh, he is, he does things that are not part of, uh, he's not being forced to do some of the things he does. Right. right? Some of the bad things right. he does. He's introduced washing his bruised knuckles. They are bruised because he has beaten, uh, <laughs> Right, that that that's uh, my convicts. point. Is that like, and and the uh, you know the 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 freaking Maggie Thatcher voiceover we get, where we're talking about these are you know these aren't political prisoners; these are just normal convicts. This isn't how you're supposed to treat normal convicts either, Maggie. Yeah, well, exactly. Is- <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Is that yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, the movie makes sure that really right from moment one that it, it goes, it makes very clear that any sympathy you feel for this person's sort of psychological plight is is yeah. undermined because like this person beats prisoners. Like that's yeah. what he does for his, his living. Like, I mean. The, R- the, R- the IRA is not targeting him just because he happens to be a prison guard here. Right, exactly. May- they... <laughs> Honestly, uh, they'd be justified if they were. Right. But he's very but specifically not. like. Yeah. He's he's being targeted not just because he is a prison guard, but because he is uh, a position. He's in a position of authority and he exercises that authority in violence. Uh, and no amount of him alienating himself in some sort of depressive stupor from the rest of his coworkers. Uh moves beyond that right um, yeah and sure he is trapped in a system and i am a firm believer and i've said this previously maybe not on the podcast but i've certainly tweeted it out similar sentiments the perpetrators of violence like lohan are as much victims of the system as their own victims because they do exist in a place where they can't act outside and to that extent, people like Lohan have my sympathy. 
But Lohan, even within the movie, is still making active choices to commit active violence, not just because he has to. Uh, and, you know, I don't... That makes it sound like there are moments in the movie where we might see that he is making a sadistic choice, an active sadistic choice. And, you know, he does, but they're heat of the moment sorts of things that I could write. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say because we don't, we, um, and, you know, Steve McQueen points this out in some of the interviews and, and stuff like that, but, like, we're specifically isolated from gaining more information about people than than, than we could, you know what I mean? Like, we don't, like, yeah. we don't know a lot about these we get vi- looks into their lives and and uh, but they like you know the prisoners are are trapped in that cell and the only world we know of those prisoners is their life in the cell and the same is true for Lohan in the fact that like we don't know like for example we don't know who's making the like the the calls right like is Lohan choosing to like have them dragged out of their cells and beaten is somebody above Lohan doing it i mean even then he is guilty of participating in that act but like there is a difference between the one being the one who decides that and being the one who carries that out we don't know those things right like we don't know we we are left specifically in a place where his authority is vague and right how much he is playing how much he is choosing to do because in the end it doesn't really in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter right like in the grand scheme of thing things he still is doing that violence, and even if it makes him right. sad, he's still doing that violence. And, like, right. you know, I, I have it, – it is hard to feel a great deal of sympathy for a person who is willing to commit to doing a great deal of, of violence to other people. Uh, right. It, you know, as a part of their job, right? Like, it, it just is. Um, so – yeah, and that's, you know, where, and it's the particular focus of this movie certainly is on the prison. And we get very little look outside the right. prison, and it's only Lohan's life that we see outside of the prison in the the few, the two glimpses we get. Um, But, you know, it's hard, it's hard to make an argument that there are people just caught up in the system when the two people we have as our as our uh you know characters who are just caught up in the system are people who have actively chosen to get a job now there's an argument to be made i suppose that the riot cop might be military and might have well they been, specifically point out uh, in one of the special materials that they are called in from outside apparently yes, this yes. this whatever real the real incident that this represents was a was a so you can kind of start yeah. to extrapolate that this per, i mean this person's still a cop but like <laughs> you know, but he might he might be he might be military and conscripted. Well, maybe so they, they, an, uh, they, the, the, the outside materials, the extra materials literally specifically refer to yeah. him as police called from in outside from outside. I don't know. Well, in that case, but yeah. either way, I mean, like, yes, he is, you know, there could be various like sort of mitigating circumstances. He's still. But it's more his reaction is more understandable in that sense. Because yeah. even, again, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know what life was like in this situation and in this time. But I think there's probably a decent number of people who might sign up, especially that young, and not expect to be beating political prisoners in a, in a cage uh, as, like, their day-to-day right. activity. Um, 
Hopefully that and, inspired and a noticeable. Go ahead. A noticeable difference between him and Lohan is that he does not participate. Right, right. Yeah, he extracts himself from uh, it. And one would hope, uh, presumably he's a made-up person. I don't know. Because uh, this is sort of historical fiction in that sense. I don't know that every person in the film is a real person that existed or not. Right, right, um, right, right. And, but so if he is real, or even if he's not, one would hope that he then reconsiders his, his employment options. Uh, yes. Because there's literally any job that would be better than beating political prisoners in a cage. Uh, yes. Any job, really. Or any prisoners. Well, I yes, I'm, 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 I'm pointing out the political prisoner thing because it is, it's even more intense because I feel like this is happening to them specifically because they are political prisoners. I don't know, but one, right. one would... Even, even as the state is claiming they are not political right. prisoners. They are clearly treating uh, them worse because they are political prisoners. Like, very, very clearly. Right. Right. And then writing the paperwork to justify right. it. I mean, yeah, um, they, 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 you know, and, and the movie, the movie goes out of its way to keep pointing that out, right? Like to, to keep right. making it obvious that they that this happens because of specifically who these people are. Yeah. Um. Now, all that said, Lowen's death is a little much. And I, yeah, I mean, I assume it is based on a real life incident. I, I assume it is too. <laughs> I mean, it's it is. Um, you know, we've talked about this before, and to what extent a group of people trying to liberate themselves have a right to do violence to their oppressors, and you know, it's it is a nuanced subject, right? Uh, it is not one that I think is necessarily cut and dry. Murdering him in front of his mother in a nursing home. Is a bit much. They don't kill anybody else, so I guess there's that, right? Yes. They didn't murder his mom, right? Uh, you know, I I don't know if I'm gonna give up. You know, I don't know this that sort of stuff. I you know, and I think that's the closest thing you actually get to Steve McQueen actually going out of his way to be both sides about this in, in the film is is that scene. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, all the all the drama about him being sad and like, oh my my, you know, I, I'm I'm alienated due to to the nature of my work as a as a prisoner beater, um, is all kind of like nothing, right? It is in the end kind of nothing because I don't really care that much about the feelings of a person who beats people for a living, okay? But the 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 yeah. mur- his murder is probably the closest this movie gets to trying to point out that you know violence exists on both sides um you know but then again as we talked about like what what to what extent is the is the oppressed allowed to use violence to to end their oppression yeah. and the answer is for me pretty much as much as they want um you know so it, it's uh what i uh I am not going to completely write off. <laughs> give give the IRA carte blanche for I know, everything I'm that not, they did. I, that, well, I'm not talking uh, about the IRA were, specifically. I'm talking about this specific were, incident in this movie. Yes, there were plenty of other bombings that had yes. uh, hopefully unintended collateral damage. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, that's that is that is true. Like, uh, don't you know? Don't get me wrong, but like, I don't necessarily yeah. support. You know, bombing of civilians or anything like that, but we we see that these systems are perpetuated in a lot of places on Earth, uh, and yeah. and 
the the violence done by the oppressed is used as justification is used to point out that they don't somehow deserve to not be oppressed anymore right like we it's uh yes um you know the the ira did not introduce violence to the situation right exactly and that and that's what you kind of get are, into is like they are reacting to centuries of violence put on and, and specifically this person in this movie's murder is a reaction to that person's violence that that person carries out right on people in the prison like it's it is a direct reaction he they didn't we don't see at least within the context of the movie we don't see it's not a it's not a scorsese s like and then we watch a scene where like five or six dudes are murdered in various situations due to their connections with yeah. the prison. I mean, that may have been the case. In reality, I don't know. Because I can also see a, I could definitely see a world where a group like the IRA decides to, hey, you know, we could probably scare away a lot of prison guards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we could, we could make it very unpalatable to be in that building. Uh, yeah, they already, which is you know already part and, of the action happening inside, right? That is, that is not uh, not a bad method. Well, and and, um, and, and you know, listen, yeah. making it making it untenable for people to hold positions of power within the oppressive hierarchy is uh, is a good method. Uh, that when talking about an abstract. Sounds much easier than getting down to the brass tacks of how you do that, which is right. and, and, what happens to Lohan in this and, movie. And really what we come uh, down to is we we I'm not generally comfortable judging the methods used by people in these positions because I've never been in a position like this. I don't right. I don't know I'm how I react to this sort of situation. Um that being said, it is a very brutal scene. Uh in a movie yes. full of brutal scenes, uh, where we do yes. see how will, how far this oppressive system is willing to go to, uh, really just to oppress, because there's not there's not really it, right. the system doesn't get anything out of it other than uh, than doing the thing it wants to do, which is to oppress, right? Because like there's not really. Other than the fact that the it's all based on a desire to not call them political prisoners because that would acknowledge some shred of legitimacy to their to their claims and their beliefs, right? You have to yeah. totally write off well, their they claims had, and their beliefs. That's the background on this, though, on, on Bobby Sands in particular, is that previously they had been defined as right. political prisoners, and the British government changed that. Uh, yeah, and, and what I assume uh, is almost entirely a rhetorical sort of rhetorical move to again make it to justify their treatment to justify their treatment and to say you their their claims have no political merit so therefore they cannot be political prisoners right right? uh and you know it's it's a thing we've seen it before we'll see it again right it's yeah and torture torturing political prisoners always bad but torturing regular beating non-compliant regular prisoners apparently not bad uh apparently more justifiable i don't know have you ever uh looked at america yeah i know Uh, i I mean i i understand i don't i mean it's like it's upsetting in that context too (laughs) like it just is columbus city council recently passed uh again another one an order ordinance to limit uh how police can respond to 
quote, peaceful pro- protesters. I'm sure it'll have a humongous but effect on the way things actually work in real life. Yeah, well, their use of the term peaceful protester, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it gives the police an out that all they have to do is declare, declare a gathering non-peaceful on whatever flimsy pretext that might be, and the police are able to declare something non-peaceful by any broken law, no matter how small. And failure to disperse is a broken law as far as they're concerned, you know, upon being told to disperse. Uh, so uh, questioning of police authority uh, is itself a breaking of law as far as the police are concerned, and therefore they are or a, a breaking of peace. Uh, and therefore the law as passed is police can't use brutal methods against peaceful protesters unless they really want to. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, and let's be clear here. They could write, I mean, given the nature of policing in the United States right now, they could write a much actually more strongly worded law and it would not matter. Not even a little bit. Like, it, right, it, right, right. The reality right. of the matter is that, that statement you just made is the, is the law of the land in America regardless, right? right. Like, <laughs> it's a, it's illegal unless the police really want to and then have at it boys yeah <laughs> right so yeah if if they're political well you know it's like i mean but like you know the political this movie comes out this movie is about in an event in the late 70s but it comes out in 2008 so you know we got to talk about the world it comes out in is the world of Guantanamo and and Abu Ghraib, right? And and the U.S. is the predominant definer of, uh, well, these aren't political prisoners, right? Or I mean, yeah, uh, this, this is definitely torture. this film is definitely aware of the time and place that it comes out. Let's be very very yeah. clear here about like again this air quotes a political film is very aware of the the time and the place that it exists in, right? Um, no. Yeah, I mean it it and that that political prisoner designation is important, right? In the grand scheme of things, in many ways it is just words, but they're words that like can sometimes matter, right? Like wh- the way that a person is defined will, you know, even if it's just rhetorically for the people who are guarding them, will to a certain extent define the way they see them and and behave towards them, right? If you label somebody a political prisoner and and there's this just this, this minor amount of again other than beyond like sort of legitimizing what they're doing as political action right um you also get into this world where like okay like where maybe you just even might have your guards asking them so wait am I violating the Geneva Convention right now this thing that I've heard exists I don't know you know yeah. Not that in the moment anyone really no, cares but about but the they go, but you know either. that guard who goes home and is a little bit sad and alienated about beating prisoners might accidentally get ideas into his head. Right, right. About how he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, what that he's maybe doing. what I'm doing is bad. Now, if these are regular <laughs> prisoners, I would be fine to beat them right, within right, an inch right. of their life. But since they're political prisoners. I, we, 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 we kind of like are kind of being facetious about it, but like words do matter for the way people view things and treat right. them. And so. Right. Right. And it's also an ideological choice of the movie to have the uh, the riot cop gauntlet sequence directly before 
Lohan's murder, right? right. right? Uh, and then from Lohan's murder to the first extended dialogue sequence of the movie, the only extended dialogue sequence of the movie, which is ultimately a debate, again, uh, over the morality of the methods. Right. Not the morality of the violence outside of the prison. Well, it's not, and it's not even a, a debate. It's not a debate about the morality of the cause, the morality of the violence taking right. place outside of the prison. It is really a debate on it. Almost, it borders on a theological debate, right? On whether or not a yeah. hunger strike that you know right. will end in your death is a is a valid is suicide. Yeah, it counts right. as suicide, basically, right? And, yeah. and whether yeah. whether or not Vice uh, Hands is sending these people along with him to their death. Whether or not right. it, it not only is it suicide, but is it a specifically a suicide mission that he's sending other people on as right. well? Um, is yeah, is Sand's position not just his own suicide, but a a a mass suicide movement right. that he is leading? That if he put an end to, it would end. Right, um, and 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 it is a it, despite it sort of being conducted in a pretty like. Um, I don't know what you would call that discussion they're having. It's it's a very it is both a very intelligent but very down to earth debate about this topic. Oh yeah. Um despite that, you know, we kind of um we get a, a very interesting view into what what ends up being the sort of like the crux of political movements, right? In some ways, right? Like uh you know, Bobby Sands has already made up his mind about the way this is going to go down and to the extent that a, a a hunger strike that that the people you're striking against do not believe will end in your death has any impact on those right. like you know what i mean if everybody knows you're going to bail out at the very at the last minute or you're not going to go through with it is it is it effective versus what is probably in some ways right the sort of um the liberalization of movements right despite the fact that like um the the um I forget his name the um uh, the priest uh very much very be, clearly being on board for the IRA methods in general he sort of represents a sort of like civil a sort of like air quote civilizing element to the movement right like a um he kind of brings up points that imply that like we can do we can talk our way out of this right which is the is the hallmark of the sort of like sort of neoliberalization of of political movements right oh well we can have you tried talking to them more <laughs> which yeah right. like what in between the beatings i don't it, yeah it's it's maybe kind of interesting that neither of them well hmm what's the timing on that no, Stokely Carmichael is like a decade before this, talking about talking about how nonviolence only works uh, uh, if you can shame your shame. oppressor. Yeah. yeah, and the U.S. the United States has no conscience, um, and, and, no, and neither does the British Empire in this capacity. And certainly uh, the British, <laughs> yeah, here here certainly the British don't. So you know the, uh, and of course you know. Bobby is not making an argument for violence within within the prison, right? They are they are taking nonviolent means within the prison, right? Um, right, uh, very very dramatic nonviolent means within the prison. 
and they don't fight back against the uh, riot cops or against the prison guards uh, within the prison. From what well, we, see. we do a little bit, uh, mainly when they are trying. We, they, when they, well, what, what they, oh, well, yes, when they're trying to cut his they hair. Do not, back, they do know. not calmly. They do not calmly go right. To, and, and I would argue into their oppression. Either. Right, exactly. They're yeah. not. They're 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 fighting back. I mean, they're not. They're fighting back in the capacity that like somebody is actively trying to undo their political action. Right, like a person is trying to. Yeah. It's like somebody essentially trying to strike break or something like that. They're they're trying to like break them and so they fight back against that but like i mean at most it's it's they're not they're not organizing riots right they're not they're not like breaking out of their cells they're not doing the sorts of things that gets true that get troops in called in with guns to shoot everybody right right um which let's be clear here what is a thing that could happen right like if you if if it gets out of control right and and you know the no wash strike is certainly in the same manner uh a you know a method of making it unbearable right to right be i mean pouring their 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 right. refuse their uh their piss under the door like it's all designed to make being here a living hell for the oppressors as much as it is for the oppressed right right and and you can see it does affect it does work to a certain extent right i'm sure the turnover rate of prison guards at that prison was yeah. very high Right. Uh, because right. could you imagine? I mean, like, just. And so, what? But the, the, the flip side of that is, okay, and I'm just throwing this out here, is what you do end up doing is you end up, you end up to a certain extent doing selection on your prison guards to get the most extremist, fucked up people possible. Right, right, right. right. I, I'm not saying that their methods are yeah. bad because that's, that is one of those, that is one of those things where, like, that's an inevitable consequence that, like, it's still this resistance is better than no resistance, right? Um, even if right. it does end up selecting for the most fucked up maniacs possible. What kind of person right. wants to beat IRA people so bad that they're willing to work, willing to like work in a piss-coated, feces-ridden environment day in, day out? That's a fucked up individual well, right there. Well, the movie, uh, the movie subtly... Oh, we know uh, what kind of person it is. It's people with UDA tattooed right. on their fists. <laughs> right, right. Uh, even as uh, we don't see that guy actually perform any overt violence, he, he has a a a. He doesn't catch Bobby when Bobby falls purposefully, right. obviously, uh, but he does not. Uh, he does not do anything to further. Well, and bodies. I think and I think the the implication there is that we this is more about torturing Bobby than it is about like right, actually right. I'm sure that person also does regularly do real violence to Oh yeah. to yeah. prisoners. Let's be clear. He's he is an the moment, I imagine my suspicion is that he is an air quotes orderly. The book the movie right. and, and other times refer to him as an orderly. My guess is he became an orderly about 15 minutes before that happened. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, maybe fifteen, uh, just long enough to put the orderly little schmo- smock on, right? Like, and then that's right. And right. It, and it's fascinating. Yeah. The movie does deal with the idea that like Bobby has a person who is legitimately uh, compassionate to him in this prison. Right. When we are while we watch Bobby Sands die, we watch a person who takes their their role as a caregiver seriously, uh, which is interesting to see in this hellscape, right? 
that there is a person actively doing real care, right? Like, I mean, the the chief medical officer, or whatever that person's role is, is very, very careful to, and you, he, he is filmed in a way that implies that he is legitimately like a compassionate person, which is interesting to see in a movie that's mostly about very a compassionate people, right? Uh, doing violence, so. I find right. that I find that as a I find that interesting as a as a choice in the movie to have I mean presumably that's a real person uh so there's there is that uh but it is just interesting but two things push back against that slightly he offers no resistance when the other orderly takes I, over yes I understand that uh and two I think you know it is it is generally true, I think, in, in a lot of prison narratives we have seen in the past, both within and without the, outside the criterion election, it's general, generally true that the prison infirmary is where you get served the only good food. Right. Uh, but that little montage right of, well yes i mean four four we don't you know, three squares we and a stack no uh, we don't again the movie is specifically and purposely very vague about who does what right we don't know if he makes that choice if he doesn't make that choice how that comes to pass we don't know what i i working on like textually what we see him do is 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 generally compassionate caregiving like he does do that I mean, he's very ginger with him. He's very like careful. He's one. One could argue that providing those meals is uh, compassion. That, that is also. I mean, like when we we as an audience with, are within left the context, to not be sure about that. Whether that is within torture. the context of what Bobby is doing, that is torture, right? Um, so yes, I yeah. agree. But also, and and very much in the movie, we are meant to take that away. But you know, yeah. Also, at the same time, like giving him the opportunity to, if he should decide to not let himself die, is also yeah. a thing, right? Like I don't know. It, again, the movie is very clear that that is meant to be torture, right? Um, and and we do see that, but again, we don't know who does what. We we see the orderly is compassionate. He's right. not a he is not as himself a resistance fighter. He is not he is not going against what's happening here actively. So it's very well likely that he's bringing those meals because that's what he's told he has to do, right? Who knows? I'm just working textually on the fact that, like, it's maybe the only person who's nice to Bobby the entire movie. Right, right, right. And, and you know, we swinging back, whatever extra textually they want to say about Lohan, I mean, what we actually get Lohan doing in the movie, he's introduced washing his hands, uh, after the most overt action of violence we see him participate in, he washes his hands. Uh, and hand washing uh, calls to mind, uh, you know, two people, uh, Pontius Pilate and Lady Macbeth. Right. And neither yeah. of them are are exactly right. innocent. We're def- we're, of in- course, we are definitely supposed to take away this idea of, like, this guilty <clears throat> conscience and, like, washing your hands. Right. From him, it's also worth noting he never actually washes his hands. He, he his just guilt them. is apparently not great enough that he feels to need to actually wash. He is he kind right. of rinses He's, them and cools right. them. He almost just gives he he provides sucker to himself to, to like right. 
make himself right. feel better he's, a little bit. Yeah. All that yeah. beating he's people has hurt my hands. hands. I better soak them in some water for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose he even actually washes them between punching the guy and then cutting his hair, too. Yeah, something like that, right? We get the, I'm forgetting exactly. Because yeah, we do get the scene of... We do get the scene. I I particularly remember the visual of when he washes his hands in the prison. Yeah, those the scissors. I just are couldn't on remember there. if that's before or after so, the actual haircutting happens. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I I feel like he might pick them up. I feel like he might wash his hands directly after punching the wall, and it might even be an entirely different scene where the. No, he's being brought in to cut his hair. Yeah, I just point. can't remember but, of it. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. you know we, I mean, you know, Lohan's guilt is is. Is is yeah. widely established in this movie, and 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 his his internalized guilt is well not enough to make him quit this job. Let's just say, right? Um, and his internalized paranoia is not enough to quit quit his right. job. It's just enough. He has enough shame to hide what he does from his neighbors, right? But he doesn't have enough shame to actually do something different. Uh, well, and that and yeah. that thing and is that's really his shame really is not even hiding from to... his neighbors, right? His shame is hiding from the IRA, right? right he's right, he's right, not right. even I. My suspicion is is that given the like the 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 royalist like the little like the Union Jack on his keys and everything like that, he believes that what he is doing is is in service of God right. country, um, right? Even if maybe he doesn't like air quotes like doing it, right? Like that yeah. doesn't really in the end matter. Um, he right, is a right. Lohan Lohan is not a sympathetic character, not really in any capacity. That's really if if I have a problem with the film, it is Lohan, and it's not my my personal feelings about Lohan, but that I'm not sure he really makes sense in the universe of the film because he does he has enough shame to hide, or at least enough enough motivation for self preservation to hide. Right. He's got the Union Jack on his keys. But also, he feels alienated from his coworkers. Yeah, I, that uh, that part is a little. Uh, my guess is like it's like my my thought process on that, and the way I sort of processed it was more the like, despite everything, doing violence takes a toll on the violence doer. No matter how like, right. you know, we you, you have to stick up to you have to well, step up to a next level of maniac for the violence to no longer weigh on your soul, right? Like like the UDA right. guy, right? Like we can kind Lohan, of assume that Lohan fits somewhere in that spectrum that's not quite the UDA knuckle tattoo guy. Right. Performing this violence has dehumanized Lohan enough that he lacks community would make sense if the lack of community followed the most overt violent things that we see right. and, 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 and yes. take part in. The fact that it is just an extension of his introductory scene makes me connect less. And, and I and, think that's know, on, and, I personally that think that's on purpose. I think it's to say like, right. oh, he experiences a sort of malaise from this, but it's not really, Yeah, we're not supposed to feel bad for Lohan, like as a person, we're just right. not. And so I think in the end it shows, and I think that's part of like, perhaps to a certain extent, Steve McQueen's sort of get out of jail free card is like, well, look how sad he is. Like, yeah. but like, if you spend any time thinking about it, you're like, well, d- do I care? 
like and does he feel sad enough to do anything to fix the problem in any capacity like such as like just even quitting his job no lohan's a bad person we 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 can register that but he is in i think many ways steve mcqueen's get out of jail free card with the entirety of like the british press it's like well i mean i have a sad prison guard what else do i need right which which seems to have worked I think somehow so. too. Like so, magic. Yeah. I, I I it is I suppose it is the but, ideological flip of of the thing that 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 thing about we'll send we'll go to come back to your country and make a movie about how this made our soldiers sad. This is the ideological flip of that. Is if you want to make a, ma- a movie about how fucked up the empire is, you have to make sure that you include some scenes of some of the of the 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 foot soldiers of the empire looking sad. I don't know. Maybe maybe the flip side is that you and I approach this with sympathies for Bobby Sands. And, I, I think that's definitely other, part of it. Let's be uh, really clear here. here. Like, and you, and if someone approached this movie without those sympathies or with sympathies for the other side, it might seem to weigh toward the other side. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely I true. I mean, we'll never know, but I assume there are people who watch. Okay. We know for a fact that that I mean. You need only look at, at, at the width and breadth of movie making and stuff to understand that there are people who watch movies that portray terrible things and get the wrong message from them because they walked right. into the theater thinking that that terrible thing was to the benefit of of society or something like that. Was, right? was cool. Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, the, the, <laughs> was... the easier, the more gentle and light assumption of that is, yeah, it was cool, right? The uh, The, like, it's like watching Full Metal Jacket and, like, walking around your high school quoting it because you think it's a cool movie instead of like getting the message out of it right or something like that there's it happens all the time it happens specifically to young men of a certain age especially but like um it is it, i i assume that on more political like even more sort of a i assume it can continue to happen throughout a person's life right that they can just keep watching movies about political violence and things like that and walk away going like that was pretty rad, wasn't it? And especially if it supports a position you are, if, if the political violence you're watching being portrayed supports an idea that you think is correct and right, it only makes it easier, right? You, there's, you know, all you have to do to watch a bunch of movies about Vietnam and get the wrong message out of it is think that Vietnam was a just war, right? And then you're suddenly watching those films right. and watching and, and missing the point entirely, right? And I'm, I assume people could do that with this as well, right? Um, right, right, and and people with that sympathy against uh, or, or antipathy to Bobby Sands uh, would read that central conversation scene as well. That priest is the one good Catholic, right? Right, and would walk <laughs> right. away going, "Oh, yeah. well, he failed to to do what he." Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. You're you're right, and 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 thus we've stumbled upon a, a, the crux of a, the problem that we've encountered a lot of times before which is like well like you can't you can't make people get out of the movie what you want them to get out of the movie that's impossible right right right, right. and so to a certain extent all art is is dangerous in both ways right <laughs> you yeah. you can uh, you're you're no matter how subversive you try to make your art you can always end up supporting the arguments of the people you're trying to work right. against because they will intentionally misread what you have made, right? Yeah. And, of, of course, there is always a, you know, this isn't 
this isn't overt satire. And I think, I think in, in trying to understand the other side, we may be giving too much credit. I think I, I, I still firmly believe that this movie leans toward our interpretation. I, I, I agree. My, well, uh, let's others. be very clear. In the interview with Steve McQueen, he talked about how Bobby Sands' story resonated with him throughout his life and yeah. like he didn't make this movie because the story of Lohan the security guard resonated with him throughout his <laughs> right, adult right, life right right like we, right. we know that like we 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 this is this is a political film made by a person trying to make a political yes. film who just apparently was used some sort of magic power to cover his ass I don't know I don't know. Right. Maybe he like did. Just, I don't know. Maybe there was like he used his incredible yeah, charisma. Yeah, basically, uh, is what it seems like. Maybe, yeah. Despite the fact that um, that seemed like a criticism at the beginning about self promotion uh, with regards to that art group, right? right apparently, right, right. perhaps it was uh, setting the stage to understand that Steve McQueen is an incredibly charismatic person who convinced people to do things that maybe they wouldn't normally want to do. Yeah. Like I don't know, not give bad reviews to a movie about the IRA. Uh, right, right, and it is you know, as everyone agrees, it is technically a fantastic. Oh, it's, it's film. A, this movie is um, fucking I amazing. Love, <laughs> Let's be really clear here. I love, I love McQueen's uh, own bonus feature yeah. where where it's him addressing the movie, uh, talking about uh, you know his approach to the uh the no wash strike scenes as uh how do you make the movie smell like right this? yeah yeah well, i uh, want you to feel like it yeah you want to how do you smell shit yeah. when you're in and a room while watching a right, movie right and and it's so you know it's so visceral and the artistic decisions he makes in framing and lingering in the the visual motifs we do have a, a bonus feature on uh you know, uh, I think it's the the making of hunger is the one that that really yeah. gets into the visual parallels um, or telling details of and yeah, that, and Steve yeah, McQueen's hunger is one of the bonus features. But in any case, um, just the you know the the fact that there is so little dialogue until an uncut seventeen minute conversation. Well, the conversation is really twenty three minutes, but seventeen minutes before our first cut. Right. Uh, it just it makes you pay attention to right, that conversation right. too well, in such a in such a way that you would not have otherwise uh, if it had just existed in a movie that had that much right, talking absolutely. or even any more talking than it does right. and, and in the rest of the it movie. It does it serves a lot of purposes. It makes you pay attention to that scene. It also the silence keeps you engaged with the visual metaphors throughout the movie. Like and and as is described a couple of times in in I think both that telling Tale, I forget what the name of that bonus feature is. Telling, telling details. details, but also uh, in Stephen anyway. King's own one, uh, it, it's talking about the idea that like you can just convey a lot of the story through visual storytelling, and like having less dialogue helps that, right? You pay attention to right the the things that are happening because you're not worried about understanding what's being said, uh, and and it's incredibly effective. Like it's nearly a silent film, and it, it it's. And it yeah. also highlights that the fact that like that like what do these prisoners have to talk about at this point? The, the the hell that they're in has isolated them from humanity so 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 intensely that like there's no news to share. There's nothing to you know. Right. They're they and they they are kept from communicating with the outside world in a way that is mirrored in the silence. Right, exactly. Movie. And and really yeah. emphasizes the sort of 
how oppressive this system and situation is for them, right? Like, right. They they can't even sort of muster the what it takes to engage in a sort of a a, a a fundamental human act of just like communicating with each other, right? Right. But then yeah. again, they act in concert, right? Like they don't communicate a lot, right. but they 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 act in concert, which implies a, a still a shared humanity between them, right? That like when it's right. time to act, they act in concert. They don't. It's not one of them taking action while the other just watches. They both do all the things together, right? To the point where my my one of my favorite scenes is is the other time a priest shows up. Yes, where, yeah. Where he's giving that well, mass. When they're finally able to talk, just, right? They're all in right, a room. The whole lot of them in community with one another, completely ignoring him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, talking about whatever they're talking about because there's so much conversation going on that we as an audience cannot make out anything right. that is being said. And that, and that cacophony uh, shows that, like, the moment even, like, a shred of the oppressiveness is lifted, they immediately right. are able to engage in these these very human acts, right? Like, the moment they're taken out of a, a what is essentially a shithole, uh, and like given even even something that kind of resembles fresh air and human contact, they're able to they they have they have lots to say to each other, right? They they're intensely active in their communication, right? And uh, and and we see that again with uh you know with Bobby Sands when he meets the the priest. It's it is a debate. But you, there's also a sort of like that you get that that sort of vibe of like it's also just really nice to have somebody to not be in there and to be talking to somebody, right? Right. Even if it's an argument, even if you're just arguing about a thing, it's nice to you know be in this place and that and doing this thing. Right. Right. I suppose another way this movie is sort of apolitical is that it doesn't provide a lot of background material right. on what's going in right you know i don't know about you but when i saw the tattoos with i had to look the uda up, yeah. tattoos i had to look up what the uda was obviously from context pretty clear yeah, i mean that's where there's the a reason why thing. we looked it up right like you saw it and you're <laughs> right. like the movie tells you like hey go right. look this up like when you get home or whatever right, right, like right <laughs> you're not yeah. gonna forget it's three um, letters you're not gonna forget go home and look it up right so, you know, you and I coming from this without intimate knowledge, uh, you know, lived experience of the background here, um, also approach it differently and have to have a different understanding. Right. And, you know, the I'm sure there are there are people who are not you and I who would hear the uh, Margaret Thatcher sound clips that bookend the movie as well and and have a respect for Margaret Thatcher right. that, that and you and I do not there's also people who would, would, would spit, right? I mean, like a lot of people who right, would immediately right, spit right, right. upon hearing her, her voice. I mean, the reality of the matter is, is you and I are not a part of this in that way, but like a, a huge part of the audience this movie is intended for was, right? Like what Steve McQueen describes in his interview is a thing that a huge part of the audience would have experienced, which is like growing up listening to this on the radio or on TV every day, right? The, those 60, what is it, 66 days, my under, my my takeaway and understanding is that that was daily news, right? Like everybody knew yeah. what was happening on a daily basis, right? And so like within the context of the, even if the um, audience this is intended for wouldn't necessarily have intimate details about exactly what was happening inside of the prison or anything like that, they're definitely like, all the names and 
key figures are probably recognized. Specifically, Bobby Sands are immediately right, recognizable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And whether or not Lohan's a real person or, right. um, you know, the, the, the riot cop who cries. My suspicion uh, is they're gets not. A, because... Gets a full name in the credits. Right. Um, My suspicion is they're kind not. Of, kind of implies it might be a real person, Here's but reason... also I Googled the name and nothing came up. Yeah, that, so. the reason I, I suspect it might not be is because they don't have even, like, a Wikipedia stub. And if right. you were, like, featured in the news that much, one could feel like maybe in the, you know what I mean? But then again, like, you know, what Steve McQueen describes in his interview is that, like, after this was over, like, there's, like, nothing written about it. You know what I mean? Like, he describes that there's no, like, the British press just moves on, and it's, like, gone. And, right. like, after that, you never saw another, like, more than maybe a couple column inches a few times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what a national press is very good about in doing in any nation, is moving on right. very quickly. Yeah, as quickly as possible. Uh Oh man! But yeah, I, I'm, I. The thing that you know, in the end, the movie is very powerful. I, I really, really. I, I always hesitate. the The English language fails me sometimes. I would not like to say that I enjoy this movie, because that feels right. wrong right. to say. Um, it is an extremely this good is a movie. Very, um, it's a very good movie that I'm glad we watched. Uh, that, um, you know, is not. It's not one of those movies where. You know, I'd say I'd love it, but I don't recommend anyone watch it. No, I it's definitely not that visceral. No, and I actually so. would recommend people watch it. Like I, <laughs> right, it, right. I I believe that between the technical skill demonstrated and the power of the story involved, not yeah. watching it is to a certain extent is is the wrong choice, right? Like, uh, right. and again, yeah, as you said, it's visceral, but it's not it's not visceral in the way that like things can be. It's it's upsetting, but without being like. Oh, I need to go lay down for a little bit, kind of. Uh, right, right, right. There's a few parts that kind of are pretty gross. You get kind of a little grossed out. Um, as soon as you figure out what's being spread on the wall, that's pretty nasty. Uh, the refuse pile <laughs> is gross. Uh, but they all play a part in, in making you, as the audience, as as it's pointed out in the special features, you you smell that room. Right, right, and and there is also that. That room particularly is always shot in darkness. Right. Well, that was that was something I found really interesting is that, like, we've had so many conversations about, like, neorealism and stuff uh, as of late. And, and we really get into something sort of akin to that with this, right, in the sense that, like, Steve McQueen specifically chose to not have breakout walls on this set. You have to right. – the camera has to fit in the room with these people. Uh, which also implies that there are no, there, while there are extra lights, the extra lights also have to fit that room, which which really adds to the the drama of that room being a cell, right? Like you, right? It's not. <laughs> I I call to mind like <laughs> other movies about prisons that we've seen before, where they very clearly it's very clearly a set, and it's very clearly like the camera is like through a wall that absolutely should be a big slab of concrete and you're just because they want to show the whole you know especially those sort of like the prison movies we've seen where they're it's like a gang of like you know congenial thieves who are 
doing something in a right, prison. Right, right, right. And you right. got, well, we got to pull that camera back because we want to see them all. We want to get group shots. Whereas this is, the room is so well thought out to be right. oppressive, right? Like it, it feels yeah. like you're in a jail cell with them, both you know visually right. and everything like that. McQueen or or someone uh, in the bonus features had said that they wanted to film it on location yeah, yeah. in the H blocks in the maze, and we're not allowed to, unsurprisingly. Uh, so it seems like they just bought leftover refuse from the from the. It sounded like yeah. he said that they were when they had done construction, they were able to get like throwaways from construction they had done on the building, which is really fascinating right. to me. Yeah, um, yeah. Well. I'm sure I'm sure that a lot of prison building is prefab at this point too. Well so, right, and and if they did any uh, sort of construction like what do you do with a giant steel door? Like Right. I guess it just goes to a place, right? Like they're not Right. You know, like Right. Yeah. Um it's interesting, you know, I'd be I'd be interested to see he talks about no like cutaway walls. So I wonder how much of the place is physically built. If the relationship between the cell rooms and the hallway, for instance, is I, what I it would is wonder about to be. that. I mean, in the one special feature where they show the way they did the um, when in the one special feature where they show the way that they did the sort of dolly shot of the the gauntlet that they sent them on, mm-hmm. you can see the prison cells in the background. I don't. Yeah. I just. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and watch the feature. I don't remember if you could tell if they were complete or not. I mean, you could. I see feel like that. I feel like that hallway and the cells are probably, probably one complete. set, right? Like probably just one build out, yeah. right? Um, yeah. The the conference but, room is could be anything anywhere, right? Like of I mean, it's it's yeah. the most generic like prison like right right meeting the, area you yeah. can think of. The um, place only has like five sets total. Like I mean, the, the yeah. it's very limited scale that whether way. whether or not they are actually physically related in the way they are presented as being physically related um the ideological relationship between the cells the darkness of the cells and uh how bright and clean that hallway is with the exception of when there's urine on the floor right. but even then there's somebody sweeping the urine off the floor right, right? um yeah it's just you know it's it's just the further masking of, you know, if anyone if anyone were to come to visit and walk through the prison, it, it would, would just, look. Yeah, it would just look like a, yeah. oh, this place is fine, uh, or whatever. Yeah. Well, and right, and like, and that escalates, right, as we get into the, the, the um, hospital ward and all that stuff, and like it gets, it becomes hospitally, right? And so like Bobby Sands' family only interacts with the most sort of very very well maintained elements of the prison right like the conference the you know the meeting room is very well maintained and clean the hospital that the office of the whoever's briefing them on what's happening like they only ever interact with like the clean like the the places that are well maintained right right and we do see that as a sort of like a strange sort of like move to like try to end the protests and stuff that the British government like gives them like cleans up their rooms right and gives them essentially a summer camp like outfit slash room right it looks like it's very right but it's it it it's not what they're asking for right it's a sort of like well we tried to give you clothes and and 
in a nice room right, and then right, you right. ruined it, right? Kind of vibe. Yeah. They gave them, you know, secondhand clothes, but all the same secondhand clothes, yeah, too. It's like, even like down Mr. The Rogers' shoes outfits. I don't know how to right. describe them any other way than yeah. that. It's, like, yeah. it's, it's still a uniform. Yeah, it's just a different it's still uniform. It's a prison it, uniform it because it it's from the prisoners. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know, thinking about this in context of the other prison movies we watched in the Criterion yeah. Collection, uh, you know, obviously, being historically based, it's very different, right? We can't have the brute force ending to Bobby Sands' right, yeah. story because Bobby Sands did not burn down the prison right, at, right, the yeah, of, yeah, at the end of his story. Um, you know, and, and of course, so many other prison films are about the escape. Right. And, you know, I guess one could argue ideologically that Bobby Sands does escape. Right, well, uh, yeah, I mean... In a manner. Yes. I mean, in, in but, that sense, it is more akin to the religious persecution movies that we've watched than it is to the, right, to the, right, the prison right, movies right. we've watched. I mean, it's much more very, akin to, very much. to the movies about, about Jesus or about Joan of Arc or something like that that we've yeah. watched, right? And, you know, it is also, in the grand scheme of the Anglo-Irish conflict, it is... Uh, Yes, it's also a religious, religious persecution yeah, it's also a religious too. thing, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's just... Visceral, visceral is the right word, uh, but but also does not go nearly far enough no. to actually describe the... the uh, you know, the feeling of watching this movie. Right. Well, <laughs> um, and, like, and again, like the problem you run into is that like... Movie words get thrown around really willy nilly, uh, quite a bit, and yeah. and and don't ever have the specificity to carry through your meaning, right? Like um, stuff like this always reminds me of like when I watch like cooking shows and the people try to describe the taste of food, and like right. and you're like I get it, but like obviously I also don't get it, right? Like and like but, watching this, what I mean is like when I what I mean is like when I try if I were to try to describe this movie to somebody, I would. F- probably fail i hope yeah. i could get him interested enough to watch it but like visceral paints the wrong image right like yeah words like you know uh like um you know like all the words have enough double meanings to them that like you could walk away describing this and somebody would get a the totally wrong message about what this movie is like right right all right but I don't. I don't know. I think even within the realm of your analogy, the best cooking shows are shot in a way that you can smell. The I food, know that, that, that you don't is true. need. Someone. I was actually. I, you don't need the person describing. Right. The yeah, food. that's true. I was uh, actually. I was. I, I picked the wrong analogy. I was trying to think of like, at one point or another, I think it was. It was actually more leaning mentally towards food writing. I've definitely. I've. Right. I forget what I was reading, but a while back I was reading something. Where somebody was talking about like the art of describing food. And and the fact yeah. that like getting the the weird analogies you have to draw to get people to actually like smell and taste food through words alone is kind of a fucked up art <laughs> because like right it it's hard to do right yeah you're right food shows specifically you know I watch a lot of them and good they, food shows there are bad food shows where where the host needs to describe right it's yeah, like absolutely. because we're not or at least bad. Maybe not the right word, but shows that are not interested in doing it, right? Yeah, and, in and, a way and, where you don't need to talk about right. It. And also, I would say that like it really very much depends on the kind of cooking and what the 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 sort of gist of the food show is. I I watch the Great British Baking uh, Bake Off, and I honestly don't think it's shot in a way to make you feel like you want to eat that stuff. 
I think it's right. shot to show you how technically interesting and exciting it is, but it's never you never go like I can't wait to eat that weird installation art food. Um, right, and even when it and very, very, very rarely, even when they're talking about the ingredients or or making a jam or something, very rarely on a show like Break Risk Rake Off, uh, is your expected reaction to be that sounds delicious. Oh, I can. I, that sounds delicious. I can I can see now, and taste that right. just by looking at it. To give them it. the benefit of the doubt, every so often they make a thing and it's it's not visually, it's not meant, to, and every so often they describe a thing and I'm like, I should make that. Right. I right. should make it. But I, contrast that against something like that I watch a lot of like Top Chef or something where the food is shot in a way to make you like, oh, fuck, I want to eat that. Like, I, I, I could try to describe that food to you right now, but I, because I feel like I know what it is. You know, I've, I've like, mentally processed it in some way but but we're, we've died we've uh, we've we've um we've gone off, on, gone off on a tangent here my point is is that like this this is a film that defies explanation to a certain extent right it defies right um to sort of verbiage that i could bring to bear to tell people about it uh i think that's one of the things that makes it really excellent is the fact that like this is the borders on a film where you're like where you would get into a conversation with somebody about it, and then you would eventually just be like, "Like, look, do you want to just come over? We'll just watch it. Like, let's just we can just you can just watch this movie. Like, you don't have to have me describe it to you. You can just watch it. Um, because also, it doesn't have the same effect as some of the ones that I that fit into that category where I feel like I'm giving somebody like a thing that's going to physically assault them to watch. This doesn't really feel that right, way. Right. Um, right. I'd still want to warn them a little bit. Yeah, but. you would warn them, but you wouldn't. You're not like it's yeah. not one of those ones where you're like, by the way, remember to take breaks or something like that. It's it's <laughs> right, there, right. We have watched right. movies where I where if I were to recommend it to somebody, I'd be like, okay, look, you there's some things you need to know. First of all, describe your phobias to me or something like that. Um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, if if Star Trek's right, we do have. Irish unification coming next Yeah, it's next pretty year. soon. Uh, we're, you know, uh, a couple of years off, 2024. With, uh, with, with, you know, with that popping back up into the consciousness, I did recently learn uh, that, obviously, that that's a, a Next Generation episode. Yeah. So it aired w- before the 1998 Peace Accords, certainly, whenever it did air, I think 1990. Um, uh Airing in Britain and Ireland, uh, you know, British-controlled Ireland, uh, that little reference got cut out in first run. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, That's interesting. Uh, from what I've read, it was a long time even after the Peace Accords, like 2007, before uh, before uh, <laughs> it was aired unedited in, in the UK. That is, that is fascinating. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. It's also worth um, noting that 2024 is also the year that Benjamin Sisko and and um in uh, Deep Space Nine travels to the to the massive homeless encampments in in the West Coast of the United States. Yeah, um, yeah. Boy. A lot of a lot of good and bad going on in the world in 2024. Apparently, in the Star, yeah. <laughs> Star yeah. Trek universe. Um, anyway, uh yeah. I think we could probably draw this one to a close. We've been talking about Steve McQueen's debut film, Hunger, from 2008. Uh, came out the same year as Che. 
You know, we've had a lot of 2008 films recently. And it's it's um, it's really exciting think, you know, to me we talked because about with the last weirdly one. enough, the, we're getting to a point where now like the Criterion Collection isn't like, hey, Pat, by the way, here's a bunch of films that you have never seen that are important films in his, in like sort of like film history. But it's also getting into the point where it's like, hey, Pat, did you know that they made good films after the year 2000? Like, would you like to like <laughs> right. watch some of them? Um, Here's a bunch of movies you could have watched while you were in yeah, college. Yeah, like, but you uh, didn't because the sorts of people you hung out with that claimed to be film people didn't watch the sorts of films like this, right? Uh, you you know, college film buffery tends to at least my experience tends to err on the side of your, your Tarantinos and such, and, that- and you know. Well, yeah, the year this the year this came out, I did not go to a theater to watch uh, Che or. <laughs> Hunger, no, I do believe I did. I, see, what year I, did motorcycle? I did see Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm I saying. I did see Inglorious Bastards yeah, that yeah. year. 2008 is actually so. after that. I had, I had left. Also, it's worth noting that this movie and Shake you had already, came out in the time where I wasn't seeing movies at all because right, I was right. You, here. you had already moved to Japan, and so. and the only yeah. way an American movie that's not a blockbuster gets shown in Japan is if it wins an Academy Award or or at least is nominated for one, which this one right. would have was I think, but or maybe not. Uh, maybe I don't know. Did it get nominated for anything? I think it. I think it was nominated for the for the Palm Day War. Maybe so it might or have been shown, but it that. would have been a very limited run, probably. Uh, if it was shown yeah. here, uh, and that that would probably preclude me because I also live in the sticks, and we we we, even if it's shown in Japan, doesn't mean it's shown in the theater near my house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it won a BAFTA for special achievement by a British director, writer, or producer for their first feature film. Boy, that feels like a uh, weird award to give somebody, honestly. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, the BAFTAs probably also just all have weird names, right. so that might be a regular BAFTA award. That mm, yeah, I I can uh, believe that. I can believe that. That that yeah. seems also very possible. It did release here. Apparently, came out in. Uh, Roughly the the same time, or you know, a couple like a month later or something. But nonetheless, yeah. Um, oh no, yeah, case. yeah, but a little bit later. Yeah. Next week we'll be talking about "Make Way for Tomorrow" from 1937, Leo McCarey uh, family drama. Uh, look forward to that and discussing its uh, supposed uh, connections to. Some of our favorite Ozu film. Uh, we shall see in Tokyo. I'll Story. be the judge of that, but we'll we'll be the judge yeah. of that. Uh, anyway, do look forward to that Ozu connection or not. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Lost in Criterion. I'm as always the Adam Glass. With me as always, John Patrick Oyatari Dorgan, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>